Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Howard David. I guess you know who you are. He's Sean Powell from NBA.com. We're going to take a bite of the Big Apple first. Um, anytime, Sean, and you know this, anytime the Knicks do anything <clears throat> that's positive, it goes over the top. Uh, the reaction to the signing of Kemba Walker has been met with, um, well, here we are. We're ready to win the championship. <laughs> and my response is, uh, okay. Uh, this this is uh, an upgrade of what you had with Alfred Payton, but have people not considered uh, Kemba Walker's injury history before getting very excited? I think it was just change for change's sake. And anytime if you're a desperate Knicks fan who, I mean, I mean let's, let's be honest, I mean, it's been 20 plus years since, you know, people in New York who were fans of the Knicks really had reason to get you know excited about anything and last year brought them hope so obviously the reaction is going to be somewhat emotional probably to the extreme but uh if Kevin Walker's healthy and of course that's a big if we can say if about a lot of things okay but let's just say he's healthy uh yeah I would say that um he can bring some highlights to the garden he's definitely an upgrade uh but again you're right you know he has an injury history he was uh, uninspiring during his stint with the Celtics. It was a letdown, actually, given that, uh, you know, they had um, Kyrie Irving. And so he comes to the Knicks, and I just think it's people are just looking at the glass maybe half full in this situation. He is, um, <clears throat> he's obviously, when he was in Boston, I remember the people telling me, my old partner Cedric Maxwell told me that um, Kyrie Irving, when he left, uh, it was like they were pushing him out the door. They couldn't wait for him to leave. And Kemba Walker, because of his personality <clears throat> and very likable guy, was welcome in Boston. <clears throat> but the last two years, Kemba Walker has missed something like 55 games. That's significant. But um, not only the missed games, I think his efficiency has been down. Uh, he just really hasn't shot the ball well. Uh, and whether the injuries have had something to do with it, I don't know. So uh, if you're Kemba and you're not shooting the ball well, and he's just an average distributor, not a great passer, but not a bad passer, uh, then, you know, he's probably not giving you what you want. And, and, and let me just add one other thing. Kemba is like the greatest guy you can have on your team. Right. Professional, friendly, leader, everything you want from a guy like that. So you give him the benefit of the doubt. You know he's going to work hard. You know he's going to do the best he can to be in the best possible condition that he can be but the other thing about Kemba and here's you know where I, I discriminate against, discriminate against players like him he, he's short he's small when you're that small as a point guard you know I, I just you you come in with limitations right off the bat 
And if you're not hitting your shot and now you're trying to take it to the hole, well, you know what? You're going to be met more often than not with some rejection. You're going to have to go up against some, you know, some bigger people. And if you don't have that lift and you can't make that contact to get the and one, then it kind of limits to what you can do. And that's the Kemba I saw the last couple of years, a guy who was who had some limitations offensively. All right, they re-upped Derrick Rose, uh, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Taj Gibson. They lose Reggie Bullock uh, and sign even uh, Evan Fournier to a four-year deal, which I thought was kind of curious. Four-year deal seemed a little bit extreme. How did you look at it? You know, I often say that every year there's one or two teams that are bidding against themselves. Where, uh, and you know, I could be wrong. Maybe there was someone offering him, you know, a million dollars less than what he got, you know, because all it takes is two teams to uh, create a marketplace. Um, but, you know, I thought Reggie Bullock would, would have been a better signing because he would have been cheaper. And I think that uh, what he brings to Knicks, I don't think Evan Fortier would have been that much better at that price. Uh, but anyway. The bottom line is, when you talk about the other players, uh, the Derrick Roses, the Todd and things like that, they got these players back. They had very good years with the Knicks last year. And most important, they're tip of those guys. Right. Now, for, be- for better or worse, by the way, sometimes, you know, and it, this was a thing with Larry Brown. When Larry Brown coached in the NBA, teams would yield to Larry Brown because Larry always wanted his guys. Well, sometimes the coach shouldn't get his guys. Sometimes, you know, as a coach, you fall in love with with certain players because they work hard and they listen to you. But maybe, you know, sometimes the general manager needs to come in and say, hey, you know, we need to shake it up a little bit. We'll give you one or two of your guys, but you ain't bringing all your guys back, you know, Uh, because you just need a different personality in what you had. The bottom line is something to mix up like this, you know, they extended Julius Randle and everything. They're not that much better than they were last year. Last year, I thought they took advantage because some teams had injuries. I would not be shocked if the Knicks failed to make the playoffs next year. It wouldn't shock me. I expect them to be right around six, seven, eight, but it wouldn't shock me if they failed to make the playoffs next year. Uh, let's uh, talk, uh, Julius Randle re-ups four years, supposedly $117 million, and that's not a surprise. He had a tremendous year and made the all-star team and, and deserved it. Uh, and he was the go-to guy for the Knicks. My question about Kemba Walker, and I realize he's a local product to New York, born and raised in the Bronx. Uh, I'm wondering why Dennis Schroeder would not have been a better addition than Walker. Uh, younger, uh, plays both ends of the floor. You know he's not going back to the Lakers. Uh, and I'm just wondering why would Schroeder have been a better answer. He would have been a more expensive one, uh, and uh, potentially a better answer for sure. Although he can't shoot the ball well from distance, uh, and if that was a necessity in this system, you know, and, and not that Kemba Walker can shoot the ball all that well from three point, at least he has in the last year and a half. Uh, I just think the Knicks probably made the economical decision. Okay. Uh, they felt that, you know, with Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, uh, that was good enough. Uh, the other thing with, with Dennis Schroeder is, you know, there's always with him a sort of a chemistry issue, whether or not he rubs his coaches, his teammates the wrong way, about his playing style, about his temperament, just the way he carries himself. All those things are in question. And I kind of 
believe it because if there were no question about him, he wouldn't be sitting out there still right now, you know? Yeah. Somebody, somebody would have snapped him up. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And so, you know, every year it happens also. Certain free agents overplay their hand. And I think in this situation, I think Dennis Schroeder probably overplayed his hand. One more uh, reference to the signing of Walker. Um, and you've got Derrick Rose, so you know that they're going to whack up the lion's share of the minutes. So does this retard the development of Emmanuel quickly? I think it, it, tells, it sends quickly a message. Hey, you know, nothing is going to be handed to you in the NBA. You earn it. And if you're good enough, you'll play. You're a young player. Yeah, you, you had a, I thought, more of like an up-and-down year. He had a nice stretch early on, and he kind of tailed off a little bit and then came, kind of came back a little bit. But I think the message is clear. You see, you see guys around the NBA get paid? You want to get paid? Okay, you come in and you compete. You know, so young players got to get that message. Emmanuel quickly get that message. He'll work on his weaknesses, improve his game. And in time, if he earns more money and more time, he'll get it. Let's go across the river to the Brooklyn Nets. They add Patty Mills, a nice addition, who spent the lion's share of his career so far with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, a good guard. Uh, he can play either guard position. Uh, and right now, Brooklyn is the favorite to come out of the East, providing, of course, the health issue, which is the one thing that rears its ugly head when you look at a lot of teams. But you saw Irving go down last year. You saw James Harden go down last year. Kevin Durant is having a tremendous Olympics right now, leading the American team to play in the gold medal game. So you know what you have in Kevin Durant. And maybe his shoe size is a little bit smaller after the shot that he missed that was where his foot was on the line against Milwaukee. And that would have changed everything. But it didn't, and we move on. But I still think that this Nets team is a team to be dealt with in the East, certainly. Yeah, the only problem is we still haven't seen this Nets team. I mean, when are, they, when are all their superstars healthy and not being, you know, rested for games? And, you know, playing, you know, significant games, significant minutes. We still haven't seen this team, you know. And, and you know what? With Kevin Durant playing uh, in the Olympics and with the quick turnover for next season, you figure he's going to get some rest to start out the season. So we may not see this real, the real Nets team until the All-Star break. Again, provided they stay healthy and everything. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, on paper, absolutely. And I really like what they did uh, this summer. Uh, just in what they had, you know, bringing back, of course, Blake Griffin. And, uh, and and I think Patty Mills is just excellent, excellent pickup for them. Excellent. Yeah. He's a guy who, not very demanding, fits in well, good outside shooter, championship experience. I think his new teammates will love him. I agree. Uh, they, they, look, they, they kept Griffin. They kept Bruce Brown. I'm, frankly, I'm surprised that Bruce Brown only came back on a one-year deal. I thought it might be longer. I think in this situation, uh, look, it's a guy who's not going to get major minutes on this team because of who they have, and he we probably won't know how good he is until he gets major minutes. But I think in this situation, it's good for both sides. You take a short deal. You don't get locked into a, a, a three-year minimum wage deal where, you know, maybe you could have a breakout or something like that, and now you're underpaid. And also the team is probably limited what it can do. They don't want to spend all their uh, uh, exemptions on you. So what you do, I think, is a, is a right situation. 
the uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is now gone. He's with the Washington Wizards and part of a very complicated five-team deal that went down. Uh, they still have DeAndre Jordan. They tried to include Jordan in that deal with Dinwiddie. Nobody wanted him uh, for his money, uh, but he's Kevin Durant's buddy, and you got to believe the Nets may be stuck with him. You know what's interesting? I'm glad you brought this up. You see how the Bucks handled uh, Giannis's brother? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's Giannis's brother, so he's going to be on the team, right? Well, you don't like pay him twelve million dollars a year. You you know, he's on the team. Nobody's making a big stink about it because he's not taking off the salary cap and all that stuff. He's a good cheerleader on the side, and actually, he's a decent player when he comes. He brings a lot of energy. Well, the Nets did the wrong thing. If you want to get Kevin Durant's buddy, okay, all right. If that's a condition on getting Kevin Durant, fine. But clearly, DeAndre Jordan was, you know, on the other side of the hill when he came to the Nets. And now, basically, that mistake's coming back to haunt him because they would love to be able to do something with that money. And so the bottom line is, you know, look, if they win a championship, who cares, right? Who cares? Right. Uh, but, but right now, if we're, if we're talking here and now, and it's a problem. He's uh, Sean Powell of NBA.com. So the most active team so far during this offseason have been the Lakers. Uh, with a win-now approach, uh, the, the Russell Westbrook deal drew a lot of eyebrows, raised a lot of eyebrows. Uh, some people didn't agree with it. They thought that the Lakers uh, get a guy who's going to fight the LeBron James for who gets the basketball. But I don't know. Look, I thought the same thing when the, when the uh, Nets got... Kyrie Irving, that uh, he's a ball-dominant guy. It would be a problem with he and James Harden. Uh, and it didn't work out that way. They worked it out. I suspect that LeBron and Russell Westbrook will work it out. Here's Russell Westbrook's opportunity to get a chance at a title. So I think uh, he'll fall in line. Yeah, I totally agree with you. First of all, this deal doesn't go down until LeBron okays it. If LeBron's okay in the deal, that tells me that LeBron is going to tell Russell Westbrook, hey, man, play your game. I will adjust to your game. Because LeBron has the ability to adjust to other people's game. LeBron doesn't need to shoot. He doesn't need to dribble the ball. He doesn't really need to score that much. Okay? He can beat other teams passing. He can beat other teams rebounding. He can beat, well, it's not defense, but he can beat other teams doing other things. If Russ wants to come in and assume the ball handling chore, I think at this point in LeBron James' career, he's totally okay with it. He doesn't need to be bringing the ball up you know, 80% of each game. So I think that's good. Uh, so, uh, and, and LeBron has competed with, I mean, against and been teammates with uh, Russell Westbrook. We're talking about Olympic teammates. So he knows his style. And so I think that, the, look, I think all the, I wouldn't say all, because yeah, is there, could, could Russ come in and clash? Absolutely. It could happen. It happens, you know. But I think, in this situation, you give them the benefit of the doubt. I would be more concerned about the age of the Lakers more so than uh, Westbrook coming in. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Uh, you know, the, the, most of the players, look, Carmelo Anthony's 37 years old. He and LeBron have been wanting to play together for, for their whole career. Dwight Howard's 35. He comes back. Trevor Ariza is north of 35. But they pick up Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, uh, and uh, and Kendrick Nunn and re-sign uh, Talon Horton Tucker to a three-year deal. Um, look, they, they don't. Kuzma went, uh, Pope went, Montrez Harrell went. 
Uh, Dennis Schroeder is likely on his way out the door. Do you think that the Lakers are a better team now than the team that finished last season when losing to Phoenix in the playoffs? Well, they lost to Phoenix because uh, Anthony Davis was hurt and LeBron was not 100%. Right. So, uh, and we, again, the the Lakers were one of those teams where we we never really got to know because of those injuries. And who knows? Maybe they could have won the NBA championship last year. Uh, They certainly would have been in the mix had they been healthy. As far as this team, I think this team depends on a couple of things. Uh, number one, uh, you know, the, 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 the young players they have, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, uh, I mean, those are, you know, those are players who have upside, you know? Uh, I mean, we don't really know what they can do. And that's, that's the good news is, you know, the, and Malik Monk, I have to include him in there. Malik Monk, I mean, these guys are sleepers. In other words, they could come in and suddenly give this team a, a jolt of uh, energy, youthfulness, and upside. Because you know you're not getting upside anywhere else. You know, all the rest of your players are pretty much maxed out. You know what they're going to do. But these young players add some intrigue. Now, if they can play their way into a meaty role into the rotation, then yes, they can put their imprint on the on the Lakers, particularly if the Lakers are going to strategize this season and rest LeBron and Anthony Davis, say, 30% of the games, just to make sure those guys are healthy. If that's the case, then you're going to see these young players get some major playing time. And if it books out to where the Lakers can finish in a reasonable spot in the standings, they don't have to have the best record, a reasonable spot in the standings, and, and, and your two your two big dogs are healthy, uh, then I think it's the regular season will have been a success. Um, let's, let's look at a team like Miami that also made a fair amount of changes, and the biggest, of course, is the addition of Kyle Lowry who was coveted by the Knicks amongst a lot of teams. But Kyle Lowry gives them uh, an outstanding point guard to play alongside Jimmy Butler, who they re-up to the maximum extension. The biggest thing is they keep Duncan Robinson and gave him a five-year deal. They added P.J. Tucker. They added Markeith Morris. This Miami Heat team is better now, in my view, than the team we saw last year. Uh, I would say marginally better. I mean... You know, yeah, they gave, um, you know, Duncan Robinson some money, but okay, all right, well, you know, he was he was, he was on the team last year, you know. Uh, yeah, they gave Jimmy Butler some money, but yeah, okay, well, he was on the team last year. Uh, so I think Miami is marginally better at a higher cost, basically. They paid those guys a lot of money. And as, with regards to Duncan Robinson, look, he's a nice shooter and everything, but we've seen in this, in this league that if all you can do is shoot – uh, and you sign these guys to big contracts, and they don't shoot, then that's a problem because they can't be on the floor. Because he, he's not a passer, he's not a rebounder, he's not a defender, he's a shooter. And if that shot's not going in, that high price shooter is on the bench. Okay? And, and look at the rest of the team. P.J. Tucker, okay. I mean, but, you know, he's, he's 36 years old. He's on the way down. I don't know how much, you know, really – better he's going to make your team and he's got to go through a full regular season marquis moore's same thing i i think this is a guy's gonna get 10 minutes a game so i mean i don't I and mean, kyle lowry yeah upgrade for sure over warren Dragic, 
but a significant upgrade? I don't know. That, that's probably selling Goran Dragic a little short. But the, the bottom line is Kyle's coming in. He's got some championship experience. I think at least for the first year, he's going to be very good for this team. He's got a good bond with Jimmy Butler. They're pretty tight in terms of friendships and everything else. So I do think Miami's better. Do I think they're up with Brooklyn and Milwaukee? No, I do not think they're in that in, in that category. But they are a team. Look, the East is going to be tougher. Uh, you mentioned before about you, you wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks uh, fell out of the playoffs. I, I think they they will get in at bare minimum in the play-in tournament. But the East is clearly better. Atlanta is better. Uh, look, they, 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 they surprised a lot of people with the way they beat Philadelphia. Uh, they uh, they uh, have re-upped uh, John Collins, which was necessary. It was mandatory in my view. But this is clearly a team. And they gave Trey Young max dollars. So... This is a good team in the East. I think Indiana's going to be better with the addition of Rick Carlisle as their coach. Um, I, I think that I, – I don't know about Boston because they've been kind of silent in free agency, but Miami uh, is going to be a better team than they were last year. The big question mark I have in the East, <clears throat> like a lot of people, is Philadelphia. What do they do with Ben Simmons? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think if you hadn't traded him by now, you're not going to trade him. Uh, you very rarely in the NBA see trades uh, like a month before training camp. Uh, and we're, again, we're creeping close to training camp because it's a shortened offseason. Uh, I think if Benson was going to be traded, he would have been traded before the draft. Uh, where the Sixers could have picked up some you know, picks or something like that. You don't see business being done. To that. So I think the Sixers are going to stick with him. And I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. If Ben Simmons is doing what he's supposed to do right now in the lab, okay, working on the things he needs to work on, then I think it's fine. You keep him. He's still a young player. He's signed. He's an all-star. He's a heck of a defensive player. Good ball handler. He has all those other components. But, if he, you know, he's got to be in the lab right now. And I mean putting up 500 shots a day. And when preseason comes around – if I'm the Sixers, I demand that he shoots the ball 25 times. It's a pre, it's a preseason. Who cares? But you got to get comfortable with him. If that's the case, I think the Sixers are uh, maybe a level below uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, and would be ready to take the next step if those two teams had a setback. So Andre Drummond comes in, Dwight Howard goes out, uh, and and Philadelphia. Look, the, the suggestion has been: Do you move Ben Simmons to power forward? Yeah, but only if I had, I felt a a good answer at point guard. Uh, you know, I don't think Seth Curry is a point guard, for example. Uh, so I don't know if they, you know, I, of course they can't even get in the shooter uh, because cap, situ- cap situation. And I don't know anything about the sign and trade, all that stuff. Who, who knows? But uh, so I, again, I, I think Ben Simmons is a is a very good point guard. He just got to be able to shoot in order to be a great point guard. Well, and then he's got to, you know, work from the neck up, which which obviously is a problem. There's some there's some issues there that he's got to deal with. But uh, it, who's more likely to return to the finals, Phoenix or Milwaukee? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and again, we're assuming great help for everybody, every team, and things like that. I would probably say Phoenix is a tougher go. I thought Milwaukee, you want to say they they were helped out by Brooklyn? Okay, that's one team. Phoenix was helped out every step of the way 
in the first round, yep. in the second round, and the conference finals. And so you put a healthy Laker team out there. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard's not, probably not going to be ready next year, so we'll take them out of the equation. But you put a healthy uh, Denver Nuggets team out there with Jamal Murray. Uh, and, you know, and then, you know, look, Dallas Mavericks could be better. Uh, it, it, you know, the Warriors could be better. I'd say the Phoenix Suns would probably have the tougher go. I, I do think Milwaukee's going to have a tough go as well, of course. But I think the Suns would have a tougher go. Another team that was pretty active were the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they get DeMar DeRozan in a sign-and-trade, Lonzo Ball uh, in a sign-and-trade, and they pick up Laker fan favorite Alex Caruso. Wait, I was puzzled. That made me scratch my head. A four-year deal for Alex Caruso? You might have overpaid a little bit. Well, I also thought they overpaid a little for DeMar DeRozan. I mean, again, I, I, you know, again, I think the Bulls were probably just negotiating against themselves. I, I, I don't know that people wanted to. No, 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 I'm not disparaging those players. They're good players. I just don't think people were going to give DeMar DeRozan at this point $28 million a year. I, just, I didn't see it. You know, it, matter of fact, it was just a couple weeks ago. Demar Derozan was resigned to be t- taking less money and going to the Lakers. So I think this even shocked him. But having said that about the Bulls, I, I do think they're a little bit better. And see, that's another reason why I think the Knicks. It would not surprise me if they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, you could argue that the Bulls are better than the Knicks. You know, really? uh, you could make that. You could argue that the Charlotte Hornets are just as good as the Knicks. You know, you can go up in Indiana Pacers. Uh, so, you know, again, it's going to be very interesting in the East. I think the Bulls made some decent additions, not great additions, but decent. And I think, uh, you know, they'll be right there in the mix, which is where they want to be. Let's talk about an issue that I know that's important to you. Uh, and I was impressed with Adam Silver, who I still think is the most effective commissioner in all of pro sports. The way that he handled the uh, minority situation on, on the coaching sidelines. Seven jobs were open. Six were filled by African Americans. Uh, the lone difference would be Rick Carlisle. But the fact is that now uh, half the coaches in the league are black coaches or minority coaches. And still there's some work to be done, particularly at the general manager level. But at least they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think uh, praise should go not only to Adam Silver's for just at least raising awareness, I just think to the teams themselves. And and it's not necessarily about the teams hiring the black coaches. I think it's the teams having black coaches on the bench. See, that's important. If, If the pool of candidates is large, then you will see the preferred end result. So I, what, what, what I'm more impressed with, like take uh, Rick Carlisle, for example. Look at his bench. Look at his bench. He's got multiple black coaches on his bench. So what does that tell you? That means when, when jobs come open, you know, you're going to see them at least get interviews. That doesn't mean they have to get the job or they're deserving to get the job, but you want them to get interviewed. And by the way, and, and, and now that you brought that up, the one coaching situation that I am kind of very curious about is in Washington with Wes Unsell Jr. I thought that that was, that came out of nowhere. Right. I'm really hoping that that works out well because, and I'm sure you knew Wes, his father, stand-up guy, professional, courteous and fair to all. And I know, you know, Wes is looking down saying, you know, well done, son. Let's go to work. The, uh, the one coaching hire that I was particularly interested in was Chauncey Billups in Portland. 
And I say that because when I was doing the Celtic games in the infamous Rick Pitino era, he drafts Chauncey Bellows to the third overall pick when he didn't get Tim Duncan. Uh, and uh, I, one of his assistants came to me before a game and said, the coach wants to see you. I said, really? So I go down to the locker room and I see Patino and I said, you're looking for me? He goes, yeah. He said, I got a question for you. I said, what's that? You know Kenny Anderson, right? I said, very well. Um, I said, why? Are you thinking of trading for him? He goes, yeah. I said, what would you give up? He goes, Chauncey Billups. And I said, don't do it. He said, why? I said, because Kenny Anderson, as much as I love the kid, he's an old 30. And I think Chauncey Billups has got a chance to be a big time player in this league. And I, I personally, I wouldn't do it. Well, he did it. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not that uh, he didn't listen to me. He didn't listen to a lot of people. Uh, and that was part of his undoing. But the fact of the matter is, I recognized then, Chauncey Billups' rookie year, that this kid had a great head on his shoulders. And I think he's going to be a success. Now, the big question is Damian Lillard. He's still with Portland. And as you mentioned, uh, if he hasn't been traded by now, chances are he won't be. Yeah, I agree with you about Chauncey, who I've had the great pleasure of run into multiple times, both as a player and as a broadcaster uh, and as assistant coach, although he hasn't been an assistant coach for very long with the Clippers, but uh, you, you walk away from that. I mean, he's just, he's real, you know, and I think in the locker room that'll go well because he'll keep it real. They know he's a champion. They know they're going to get the straight stuff from him. There's no guesswork with Chauncey. You know where you stand. So all that's good. But of course, all that can be good. And then Damon Lillard is unhappy, and so Damon Lillard's not going get, to get, get, get along with anybody, Chauncey included, <laughs> if he's sitting there unhappy. So I think the Blazers need to put Chauncey in a very good position to start out as coach by resolving the Damon Lillard situation one way or the other, because it's unfair to Chauncey, you know, to come in and right away, you know, there's a, there's a fire blazing in your locker room and you had nothing to do with it. Yeah, hear what you're saying. It should be interesting. Well, I appreciate your insight as always, Sean, and you stay safe. Okay, I appreciate it, man. He's Sean Powell of NBA.com. I, uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting NBA season. Look, it's all about health. You know that. I know that. We all know that. If, if you're a healthy team, you've got a much better chance. Look what happened in Milwaukee. They basically avoided injuries all year and won the whole thing. Uh, now, had New Jersey been uh, been New Jersey, Brooklyn been healthy, there'd be no discussion. The Nets would have won, but they didn't. And so we move on. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube